Hello, everyone. We've had some great feedback from folk regarding this episode about going on a flight. And noises seem to be of a particular concern. So we've created version two of this episode, giving some examples of the noises and what they are. As we receive more feedback that might be beneficial to our listeners, we'll then make another version as required. So we've updated the time markers on this version two. So let's get into it. This episode is about going on a flight and it actually starts a few days before the flight and finishes with you collecting your baggage. In the show notes, there are chapter markers which correspond with the relevant segment of the flight that you are on. This will enable you to easily identify the part of the episode which relates to the part of the flight which you are on. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Fearless Flyer Series 2 where we'll be taking you on a flight from start to finish. Joining me, as usual, is Grant. Yes, hello, everyone. So let's get into it. Preparation. The day before, even a few days before, some things to think about. So taking a trip anywhere always involves some sort of preparation and a plan. Even walking to the shop to buy a loaf of bread involves preparation and a plan albeit a simple one such as you know you need your money and your bag and the plan is you're going to either drive or walk to the shop whichever side of the road it is and basically cross the road to get to the store yep so as simple as this seems it's a basic plan when you walk out the door to go to the shop even following yesterday's plan doing the same thing it's still a plan and of course going on a flight is no different but it involves more preparation and more planning because it is something that you do not do every day. Subsequently, a little bit more thought is required into going and preparing for a flight. And due to the fact that you don't like flying, the thought of going on a flight is now going to feed into your anxiety. But preparation and planning will go a long way into reducing your anxiety about travelling on an aircraft to your intended destination. Yep, that's right. And we as pilots, we make a plan for every flight we do, even if it's the same flight as we did the day before. And the reason we do this is so that we can anticipate problems by having a rough mental model of how the flight is going to progress, what the issues are going to be that we might encounter based on things such as weather reports, airport limitations, previous experience, etc. So why not do a little bit of preparation the day before to help your flying day go a lot smoother as well? So the reason why flying is one of the safest forms of travel is due to the preparation and planning requirements imposed upon the industry. If you do the same, then there is absolutely no reason why this shouldn't be seen as a wonderful opportunity to enjoy this new experience. Armed with the knowledge we have provided you in the first series episodes that drive your particular fear of flying. So let's start with the preparation. Yeah, do this a few days before the flight. So write down important stuff you need to take with you, like passport, wallet, recharging cables for your electronic devices, clothes, what music you might want to listen to or podcasts or movies you might want to download before to watch or listen whilst you are flying. This is now like a checklist that we also would use in the aircraft. And as the day goes on, Sometimes a light bulb will go off in your head and you'll think, geez, I need to take this with me. So you add it to your checklist. Yeah. And a top tip here is make two checklists. One list, say, for your suitcase or your checked-in luggage and one for your carry-on luggage. 
in your carry-on bag, you want to take your passport, money, keys, any medicine you may require, and anything that you can't do without when you land, as airlines sometimes have been known to lose bags, albeit temporarily, as they will eventually return it to you. But you get the idea. Yeah, so an important note here is important stuff stays with your carry-on bag in your carry-on checklist, as opposed to your checked-in bags or your luggage checked-in checklist. Now, as part of the planning process, you can sometimes choose your seats in the days or even weeks leading up to your flight. Where to sit really depends on what type of anxiety you have. Yeah, so say if you get claustrophobia, you might want to uh, like book an aisle seat. If you really hate turbulence, then maybe a seat near where the wings are, as this area is generally the place where the forces are ever so slightly less pronounced in turbulence. We can't really guide you here, but just something to have a think about and do your research online. Okay, the day before your flight. Now, the day before your flight, you do your packing using the checklist to make sure you haven't forgotten anything. Check out the travel options to the airport and have a backup plan. Say you plan on a metro train system to get to the airport, then what is your backup plan? A local taxi? An Uber? Or just think of something to have as a backup plan, basically. Yep, as you say, whatever it is, have a backup plan. Now, in planning your travel to the airport, always allow plenty of time. Most airlines have information as to when their check-in desks open, and if you're anxious about flying, make time your friend. So plan to arrive at the airport before the check-in desk opens for your flight so you can get through the process near the front of the queue. Yeah, say so if your flight's in the morning and you need to set an alarm to wake up, then set two alarms using different sources like a bedside alarm clock and a watch alarm or a phone alarm. Personally, if I have an early start, I actually set three alarms, but I seem to sleep so much better. The day has arrived. The day of travel has arrived. Time to enact your plan. On the way to the airport, listen to the episode from our first series about the, what the issue is that makes you most anxious about flying. Most common anxiety is turbulence. Whatever it is, have another listen in order to refresh your knowledge on the subject. Yep. So you're now at the airport. You've got plenty of time up your sleeve. But go straight to the check-in desk area or the bag drop-off area. If it's not open, go and find a seat nearby and wait for it to open. So now you've checked in, dropped your bags off, and got the boarding details with your gate number. Yep. So at about the same time as this, your crew, that is the pilots and cabin crew, will be getting themselves to the airport. As a rule, they generally arrive at the airport about one hour to 90 minutes before the flight is due to depart. The pilots will then be getting the flight plan for the flight. They will be going over the weather for the departure, en route, and destination airports. They'll be looking at notices about limitations to the operation, such as taxiways not working or approach beacons not working or cranes near airports, etc. The cabin crew will be discussing the service they intend to do, and they'll be reviewing their safety procedures. The pilots and the crew then finalise the details together, discussing issues such as any forecast turbulence and how this would likely affect the meal service, etc. Your aircraft is likely to come in from another flight and will be landing any time up to, say, 40 minutes before you are due to depart. Yep, and as part of that process after landing, the engineers will take a look over the whole external of the aircraft. They will check fluid levels on such things as engine oils, hydraulic levels, tyre conditions, pressures, etc. 
they will also start refueling the aircraft. Security and immigration. Meanwhile, you are now going through security, and if on an international flight, passport control. Security is an unnecessary pain in the butt, but on the flip side, it is a significant deterrent to terrorists who want to take over an aircraft. Yep, so stand in that queue and suck it up, and that's there for a good purpose. If it's taking a while, stop this pod now and listen to some music or something that can reduce your frustration with standing in this security queue. Security is not consistent within countries or around the world. Some want you to take your computer out, others in. So don't get phased by this and just go with the flow. Yeah, the majority of security personnel at airports have had their humour settings set to zero as part of their job description. So don't expect to see any staff smiling and don't try and humour them as you'll just be wasting your time. Your crew will also be going through what is normally a dedicated crew security process as well, which is basically exactly the same that you're going through along with your bags and anything that actually goes airside where aircraft operate. You'll be asked to put your phone, computer, wallet, etc. onto a tray. Now, it's easy to forget to put this stuff back into your bag after it's been through the scanner, especially if you're in a hurry or are anxious. But by turning up early to the airport, hopefully the hurry factor won't be a concern. Yeah, what I'd suggest here is before you unload your passport, phone, wallet, coins, etc. into the tray to go through to security, maybe put them in your carry-on luggage. Therefore, you won't forget to repack them after security. After security comes passport control if you're leaving the country. So hand over your passport. The immigration officer does his or her thing to your passport and hands it back. Yep, so repack that passport back in a safe place, either on your person or in your bag. Orientation from the boarding gate. Now you've got through this process, go straight away to your gate. The reason for this is that you know where it is and roughly how far you have to go after shopping. So now it's time to go for a wander, shop, grab some food, maybe a drink, and stretch your legs. Yeah, maybe go to a viewing part of the airport and watch the aircraft moving about the airport, taking off and landing. If you've listened to the whole of Series 1, you'll see some of the things going on that we've chatted about, such as flaps and slats moving, ground carts being connected and disconnected from the aircraft, etc. Yeah, and basically you're just all different things that we've been discussing throughout the first series will be going on right in front of you. Yep. So as you're relaxing, your crew would have likely have boarded the aircraft. The cabin crew are doing a full security search of the aircraft cabin and checking the catering requirements for the flight. The engineers are loading fuel and checking fluid levels and looking over the exterior of the aircraft. The ground crew are loading bags and freight into the cargo holds. The dispatcher and company are making initial calculations of the payload weight, that is, you and your bags and freight. The pilots are loading a pre-programmed route into the aircraft's computer, preparing the flight deck instrumentation, checking the runway conditions for departure, calculating things like the weight and the balance of the aircraft, checking their takeoff speeds, their briefing for the planned departure. They'll also discuss the worst-case scenario so they are fully prepared and the extremely remote chance that it occurs, and this generally involves a quick return to the airport. Boarding time. So now it is boarding time. Sometimes, especially on larger aircraft, they board by zones. 
The reason for this is simply to avoid chaos in the aisles of the aircraft as you board. Generally, most aircraft board from near the front doors. So if you had passengers trying to take their seats near the front, there is generally a delay as they try and put their bags in the overhead locker. This prevents passengers from getting to their seats further back in the aircraft, and this can delay boarding. Yeah, so take note of your seat number or zone on your ticket and help out by boarding at the appropriate time. You will show your ticket again at the boarding gate, and sometimes you might need to show your passport again, particularly for international flights. So have them handy when it's time for you to board. There's generally a cabin crew member at the entrance door of the aircraft as you board, rechecking your ticket and generally pointing you which aisle to walk down to your allocated seat. Yep, and if you're a really nervous flyer, do not hesitate to take this opportunity to tell the cabin crew member that you are a nervous flyer and maybe also what your fear is about. The majority of cabin crew I've worked with are brilliant and they're very resourceful and sympathetic to your plight, and they'll go out of their way to help you relax on your journey. So you've found your seat, taken the stuff out that you want easy access to whilst in flight, like say a tablet, laptop, or headphones, and then put your carry-on luggage in the overhead locker. Yep, so sit down, take a deep breath, and relax for a moment, and watch the chaos going on around you. Believe it or not, it's actually organized chaos. You might even be tempted to take your shoes off, but don't do this until after you've taken off. Yep, good point. Now, everyone is on board. The ramp agent at the boarding gate will confirm with the cabin crew that everyone is on board, or maybe that some people have not turned up at the gate. So they'll be trying to find those person's bags in the cargo hold in order to offload their bags. This can delay the flight, but it is done simply for safety reasons. Anyway, Hopefully, today, like most flights I've done, everyone turns up. The ramp agent will collect any remaining paperwork from the flight deck and the head cabin crew, and then we're all set to go. The doors are then closed. The stairs or air bridge is then removed. Yep, the cabin crew will likely do a PA, and it'll be something along the lines of prepare doors or arm your doors and cross-check. And what they're doing now is setting the doors into a mode that should they need to be opened in an emergency or an evacuation on the ground, a slide will fall out of the bottom of the door and inflate automatically. Yep, and then the cabin crew, they'll start a video or perform the passenger safety briefing. This is a mandatory requirement for every passenger flight. And listen up to this and take note of where the nearest door is to you. If it is a night flight, then count the number of rows behind you or in front of you to your nearest door. Yeah, remember the chance of something going wrong is so remote, but on the remote chance of something actually happening or requiring an evacuation, preparation is the key, and giving that few minutes of undivided attention to the safety briefing will stand you in good stead should you be required to get out in a hurry. You may see the lights flicker around this time as well. This is normally a power transfer from the ground power cart to the onboard auxiliary power generator or auxiliary power unit generator or APU. Generally, before pushback or engine start, the hydraulics are turned on. Now, most hydraulic pumps are around where the wing attaches to the fuselage, so the noise of the pumps will generally be loudest in the middle of the aeroplane cabin. Initially, they only come on for a very short time as pressure builds up very quickly. But one aircraft has a reputation for its hydraulics, and that is the Airbus A320, and I think the A330. 
and its hydraulics, when they start up, it's like a barking dog. So let's have a listen to that barking dog noise. So what this is, it's the noise of a device from the device called the power transfer unit. And it's simply, in real simple terms, it's simply to maintain a pressure between two hydraulic systems. And every time one of the systems drops below a certain amount of pressure, it comes on. And it can be quite irritating or distracting, but if you like dogs, then it might bring back some memories. This is absolutely nothing to worry about. And as other systems come online, the noise will eventually stop. Don't get too comfortable at this moment by taking your shoes off. Not until we've taken off. The reason is, on the remote chance of an evacuation, you won't want to be spending time trying to find them and putting them on when your sole focus should be getting out of the aircraft. Yeah, that's a good point, James. Okay, the pushback. Sometimes there is a delay on stand when the doors are closed. And the majority of the time, this is simply air traffic control not allowing the aircraft to push back for any number of reasons. The main one being other aircraft passing behind your aircraft, or maybe there's an air traffic control slot restriction. But when you do get to feel you are being pushed back, you'll likely also hear the engine starting at about this time. Now, after engine start, you will likely also hear the hydraulics come on again and on most aeroplanes. And the reason for this is the pilots are setting the flaps and they use a fair bit of hydraulic pressure. So you would expect to hear something like this. Generally after start, the flaps are set, which then causes this loud whirring noise. Once the pushback is complete, the tug is removed. They will check their controls are moving freely, and they'll perform some more checklists and then begin taxing out to the runway in accordance with the air traffic control instructions. Some airlines actually perform their control checks whilst they're taxing out to the runway. So if you're sitting near a wing seat, you'll see lots of things happening on the wing as the pilots are setting the flaps and checking their controls. Meanwhile, the cabin crew will do a walk about the cabin, checking all of your seatbelts are done up and the area around your seat is clear of any obstructions. So tray table folded away and bags not visible. The cabin crew will then take their seats. The cabin is now fully ready for takeoff. Sometimes there is a lot of aircraft waiting to take off and there's a queue that you have to sit in for quite some time. This is quite common occurrence at congested airports. So maybe now listen to some music and just relax. Taking off and climbing away. There's normally a public address made just before the takeoff to the cabin crew that you'll hear, and it's something like, cabin crew prepare for departure. The cabin crew will have a look around and mentally go over their emergency drills The pilots will have a frequency change to the tower frequency from the ground and they'll be cleared to line up on the runway and take off. In the initial part of the takeoff, the pilots set a moderate amount of power and they check all the engine parameters. If they are within limits, then the rest of the power is applied for the takeoff and away you go. 
The acceleration rates vary uh, based on many scenarios. However, the sensation of being thrust back into your seat is the common denominator. Once at the correct speeds, the pilots will pitch the nose of the aircraft up to the initial climb attitude. As the aircraft is close to the ground and winds coming off buildings, trees, etc., there's little bits of turbulence around, so it might be a little bit bumpy, but that's absolutely nothing to worry about. Pretty much straight after getting airborne, we have a, a, a call out where we get a positive climb on the altimeters, and that's our sign to put the gear up. So once again, you'll hear the hydraulics come on because they're now working hard to bring all those landing gear up. And sometimes you may even feel a little bump as their gear arrives into the up position and the landing gear doors are closed. As most airports are noise sensitive, they will likely perform a noise abatement takeoff. So expect to hear the engine power and hence the engine noise reduced just after takeoff. And this generally occurs around about one and a half thousand feet or about 460 metres. And then at around 3,000 feet or 900 metres, the aircraft nose generally pitches down a little as we start to accelerate. And you might hear that whirring noise again as the flaps are attracted to the up position. We generally keep the cabin crew seated until passing 10,000 feet or around 3,000 metres. And this is because most weather and cloud, etc., is below 10,000 feet. And this is where there is more chance of turbulence. At this stage, if your seatbelt was tight for takeoff, loosen it up a bit so it's not digging into your lap. Now, as we climb away into the upper atmosphere, it's time to relax and switch your brain off regarding this anxiety. The only recommendation now is that you always have your seatbelt loosely done up in case we counter any unforecast turbulence. Yeah, and that's what we do in the flight deck as well. We always have our lap belts just on loosely for the sole reason. Cruising time. Apart from the cabin crew asking you what meal you want or what drink you want, the only time you'll hear from them is when the pilots put the seatbelt sign on. They are then obliged by law to prepare the cabin for turbulence. Yeah, most of the time the pilots will put the seatbelt sign on It's in advance of known turbulence. Don't be freaking out though. Ensure your seatbelt is on. And if turbulence is not your thing, then bring up episode 7 of our podcast and remind yourself of what this turbulence thing is really about. Yeah, the majority of the time there is actually little or no turbulence when we put the seatbelt sign on. We put it on out of an abundance of caution. The sad thing is that some airlines around the world, they fly with the damn thing on all the time in order to avoid being sued. And that seems absolutely bonkers. But if you live in a country where lawyers sue for anything... Yeah, anyway, enough said here. Remember, if you're seated with your belt on, you have absolutely nothing to fear. Remember, anxiety feeds off fear. And telling yourself there's absolutely nothing to fear in turbulence, your anxiety can then go take a hike. Now that you're in the cruise, the pilots will be monitoring the navigation and en route weather reports. The cabin crew will be feeding you, maybe, and hopefully you have something to entertain yourself, like an in-flight entertainment system, a movie on your laptop, a book, or another podcast. Keep yourself hydrated with water and try and avoid too much alcohol. Yeah, about an hour out from your destination, the pilots will be getting the latest weather and setting the aircraft navigation up for the arrival. I would say 45 minutes up to one hour before landing, go and use the toilet. Most people will wait until the start of descent, and then they jump out of their seats and they join a big queue waiting for the toilets. 
by using the toilet, say, 45 minutes to an hour before landing, you would have avoided the queue. Bear in mind, most airports also have toilets available at the arrivals area that you can use again if needed. The descent. The cabin crew will start going around the cabin, getting you all seated in. Tray tables cleared, etc. for landing. Now is a good time to put those shoes back on if you've taken them off during flight. As you descend, the atmosphere will be getting thicker, and so there's a chance of more cloud around, especially below 10,000 feet or 3,000 metres. And this is the altitude by which time most airlines will have put the seatbelt signs on for landing. As a result, you might get a bit of turbulence on descent, but once again, the pilots will be using their weather radar in order to avoid the worst of the weather if there's any on the descent path. Now, during the descent, an interesting noise and sensation can sometimes occur. Pilots using the speed brakes. The speed brakes are panels on the top of the wing and they're normally towards the rear of the wing. They lift up and in doing so, they reduce the lift on the wing and they increase the drag. So pilots can use them with a view to either increasing the rate of descent or to slow our speed down. The sensation you'll feel is a light rumbling or buffeting in your seat, much like that of very light turbulence, and you'll hear a slightly louder noise in the cabin as the airflow is getting disrupted and therefore causing more noise. Yeah, the good news as pilots is that the use of the speed brakes can sometimes be associated with a shortcut by air traffic control from what we had originally planned for our arrival procedure. So nothing to worry about there. Landing. Once the cabin crew have checked you're all belted up and they've sat down themselves, they will inform the pilots that the cabin is secure for landing. The pilots are getting really busy now, and if the airport is really busy, you may even get sent into a holding pattern awaiting your allocated landing time. This is absolutely nothing to worry about. As most busy airports, this has been anticipated prior to departure, and as a result, the pilots would have loaded up extra fuel. So the aircraft starts its approach, and once again, especially if you are near the wing, you might hear the hydraulic pumps whirring as the pilots start to extend the flaps for landing. They do this in incremental stages. Remember, the flaps enable the aircraft to land at a much lower landing speed. So here are the sounds you are likely to hear, once again, especially if you are closer to the middle of the aeroplane, above where the majority of the hydraulic pumps are housed. Or a different aircraft could sound like this. You might also sometimes hear a kind of a bang or the whooshing sound outside. This will be the landing gear being extended into the airflow for landing. Now, in most aeroplanes, the landing gear is designed so that it doesn't need as much hydraulic pressure to extend, and they mostly extend with the assistance of gravity and the airflow. But what you might hear is a change in the airflow noise outside, and there's generally a feeling of a wee bump at the end of the extension process, and this is the landing gear locking into place for the down position for landing. Now, the majority of landings are uneventful. 
any number of scenarios could present themselves that lead the pilot to making the decision to go around. Yeah, this can seem a bit of an unexpected freaky manoeuvre as your fellow passengers in the cabin crew were expecting you to touch down and decelerate on the runway. But instead, lots of engine noise and the nose is pitched up. As discussed in Series 1, a go-around is a manoeuvre every pilot is trained to perform when something isn't 100% right. And it could be for any number of reasons, such as significant unexpected wind change, the plane is still on the runway, the weather might have meant low cloud was passing over the airport at the time, or say a ground instrument landing aid has stopped working. Always the safest course of action for us as a pilot is to go around and come back and do it again. You won't initially hear from the pilot during a go-around because we're busy checking power settings, the altitude we have to climb to, changing the flap and landing gear settings, and talking to air traffic control about our options. Only when we have finished flying the aircraft and navigating it and communicating with air traffic control and going through our relevant checklist will we talk to you. Yep, that's right, you are the lowest priority during a go-around, but for a good reason. But don't be the slightest bit concerned. You're getting more flying value out of your ticket for free. But the majority of approaches we end up landing, which I'd imagine is highly desirable in your case. Now, the object of landing is not to intercept the runway like an aircraft does on an aircraft carrier, but to slow its rate of descent down just above the runway, touching down in a controlled manner and getting the braking going. Braking consists of the wing spoilers popping up on the top of the wing towards the rear of the wing, which dumps the lift, and this puts more weight onto the wheels so the brakes work more efficiently. The engine reverses may also deploy, so you'll hear the engine noise increase and there'll be likely a lot of vibration and shaking going on. And this is all perfectly normal and it's part of the process of the majority of landings in any aircraft. Once clear of the runway, you might hear more hydraulic noise as the flaps are retracted and your pilots taxi you and your fellow passengers to the arrival gate or stand. Please don't get up like some of your impatient fellow passengers. Firstly, they aren't going anywhere. And secondly, should the pilot have to stop in a hurry, they're likely to fall over and damage themselves or their fellow passengers. Yeah, once in my career I've had to stop in a hurry and one passenger did fall over and hurt themselves, but I didn't have much sympathy for them as the seatbelt signs were on and the cabin crew had also shouted at him to sit down. Anyway, getting off to meet your bags. Now don't forget to take your cabin luggage off with you and head out of the door, off to immigration, and then to collect your checked-in baggage off the baggage carousel. Yeah, and a top tip here, when the bags start coming out, go to the area of the carousel where they're coming out of and keep your eye out for your bag. I've once had my bag misidentified whilst I was waiting, and there was a very similar bag passing me every five minutes, but with a different baggage strap on. Yep, and guess what? The owner had raced off with my bag earlier on, hence I personally now stand near where the bags come out on every flight when flying as a passenger. So there's a top tip for you. You've survived a flight along with around about 100,000 other flights that have safely occurred every day around the world today. So well done you. Have a think about what you've just accomplished. The reality of travelling from A to B and one of the fastest and safest forms of transport 
There's nothing to fear but embrace. Yeah, the uh, industry, it's learned so much over its lifetime since the Wright brothers first flew a powered aircraft way back in 1903. There's been a lot of tragedy along the way, but the industry has learned from it, embraced change, and now as a result, it's one of the most regulated and the safest forms of transport on the planet. Your anxiety towards it will have hopefully changed as we have armed you with the knowledge that initially drove your fear bringing it into perspective and thereby reducing or doing away that anxiety. Yep, and maybe even turning you into a fearless flyer. So we hope this has helped this episode here as you have taken your flight. And from me, it's goodbye. And so from James, it's also goodbye. Have a good day, everyone.